0: Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. I am your host, Jason Tardick and I am trying a new segment out here, guys. We're going to call it the pre-market trading segment, right? We ring in the bell. That is the market session. That's Trading Secrets Trading Time, where we have our main guest on. And then, of course, we do the recap with the Curious Canadian. But here's what I'm thinking for the pre-market trading segment. I'm thinking I'll give you a quick synopsis of what you can expect from our guest in this episode. I'm thinking I'll give you maybe one or two things that you need to know about what's happening in the investing world or the economy. And then if you want, I mean, I ask for numbers from my guests. Why don't I come on and every week give you some numbers? Maybe the best deal I did. Maybe some money I lost in the market. Maybe a trade that went really well. I don't know. Maybe something I'm working on. I'm thinking about doing that. What I need from you guys is to go into Apple, give me five stars, and let me know if you want me to A, Keep the pre market trading segment around and be specific numbers I can give you from the week prior. You might want to hear about my business life, but for starters, let's talk about what you can expect in the show today. You may have heard of the show Say Yes to the Dress. Yes, we have someone on from the show, and you'll get the information on how they pick people, what they're paid, and some behind the scenes stuff that's coming. But I have an internationally renowned extremely, extremely successful wedding dress designer, Haley Pageon. Now, if you know Haley, you might know the story. If you don't, Haley's story is that she became such a massive designer that the brand she created, the wedding dress designing brand she created was her name, Haley Page, the same name on her birth certificate. What Haley didn't know is that in 2011, when she signed this new big promotion, head of designer with her employer, that she signed the rights to her name and her brand away. Now, what you're gonna hear is that Haley could have fought this. She could have negotiated this. But the principle and character of what her employer did to her had her fighting like no other. And in this episode, we get into the process, we get into what she missed in the contract we get into what she would have done differently, the repercussions of the contract, how much she spent, how much she, this pains me, like I want to cry, how much she spent fighting for what she believed in and where she is today and so many more things. Now, if you have a contract you've ever wanted to have an attorney look over and you didn't, is you couldn't afford it or you didn't have access to it like Haley did in 2011. In this episode, you're going to hear how you can get free attorney work for a contract you might be signing. So in this episode, you are going to love everything Cheval has to say. You're probably like, wait, wait, wait a second. Who the hell is Cheval? Haley still can't use the name on her birth certificate. Fuck, it fires me up. So she has transitioned her brand and her name to Cheval. Legally, she can't even say her own name. All those details are coming soon. It gets me like emotional. It gets me mad. It gets me sad. All the things. Now let's talk about a few things that I just want you to know going into this week. A recent survey came out that says over 50% of Americans say they are financially worse off now. This is the highest point since 2011. Over 50% of Americans feel that they are financially worse off. We haven't seen 50% or more since 2009. So I'm curious, go in the recap, go in the notes, go in the reviews, give me five stars and let me know if you feel financially worse off and specifically where you feel it. And I'll make sure that I talk about it. A couple other things you got to know is that the U.S. debt ceiling was just passed in the Senate to raise it. Here's what you got to know. We've never defaulted as a country. We've never defaulted. Now, let's go to basic terms. What does that mean? maybe you have maybe you haven't missed a payment maybe you defaulted on your credit card maybe you you, you missed two or three payments on a personal loan or student loan that's considerably really that's you're in default right that's what you are and so but the United States goes into default, that has some massive repercussions. People that are expecting Social Security checks wouldn't receive them. They wouldn't be able to make their payments. The U.S. economy would turn upside down. We didn't have a choice. This had to get passed. Now, there's some rumblings out there that the Republican Party actually did not want to pass this because imagine the damage it would have done to the leader of the free world, Mr. Joe Biden, if U.S. had their first ever default it would have absolutely crippled the perception that the world had on the United States and him. And our whole country would have turned upside down. But even in a battle where politics can really angle, the betterment of the entire country mattered. And that's a beautiful thing that this got passed in the House and the Senate. Because left, right, center, wherever you stand, We needed this to be passed. We could not default. It would have been an economic nightmare. The other thing I want you to know is that U.S. mortgage rates have climbed to their highest level since November. The 30 year fixed rate mortgage averaged 6.79% in the week ending June 1st, up from 6.57% the week before. So, This is the highest US mortgage rate that we have seen since November. And a couple things in my world, apparently a lot of companies now, they're doing something called UGC. It's called user generated content. So while influencing companies are still paying individuals directly to actually post on their channels, what they're doing now is they're saying, hey, if these people have a brand in a certain space, let's just have them film content and then we'll pay them to be able to use it, but they don't have to post it on their page, which is someone like me. That's like music to my ears. Like I just go and film something and then I don't have to post it. And my followers don't even have to see it. Like, that's awesome. So there was a user generated uh, content deal that came through actually through Cameo. Now, usually when I do Cameos, I don't know, they're like a hundred bucks. Cameo feels like they take 50% of it. I get 50 bucks. It's whatever, you know, but a Cameo came in and it was five grand to do a 30 second little commercial. I just had to read it. The script was right there. And it was done. It took me two minutes. I was like, that was cool. That was awesome. So that was a fun deal I got this week. And something else I'm working on right now is getting pre-approval. Like I've learned a little bit about tax strategy. And if I am to buy a house that I use for office space or that I use for residential investment, there's something called bonus depreciation. And an Other than the land, I can't depreciate the land, but everything on it, I can depreciate up to 80% in one year and reduce that amount from my taxes. So right now I'm just going through the pre-approval process. So that means all my tax returns, credit score, all that stuff. And I just pulled my credit score. I think it was 796. So I was happy with that. It's not in the eights, probably because I don't have a mortgage. I don't have a good mix of debt. Um, But yeah, that's a little bit about me. So that's my week. That's what to expect this episode. There are some things you should know about what's happening in the economy and the investing world. And that's a few numbers from my end. Enough of the pre-market trading segment. You guys let me know if you want to keep this around. Let's ring in the opening bell with the one and only Haley Page, aka Cheval. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. Today, I am joined by entrepreneur, fashion designer, and America's favorite bridal expert on TLC's Say Yes to the Dress, Cheval. Cheval's advanced and diverse experience in the bridal industry made her one of the most sought after luxury bridal designers in the world, earning her opportunities to dress female icons such as Carrie Underwood, Chrissy Teigen, and Dove Cameron. After a decade of working her way up in the industry, Cheval found herself in the legal hot seat after being sued by her employee to gain control of what she believed was her own brand and social media accounts, forcing her to give up much of the hard work she had put in throughout her career. She made the ultimate boss pivot and decided to utilize her entrepreneurial skills to create her own brand under the name Cheval a powerhouse advocate for artists and creatives. Today, we are going to learn all about the blessing and the curse of contracts, what it's like to be in a legal battle with your employer, and how entrepreneurial spirit helped her rise to the top once again in the fashion industry. Cheval, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Oh, a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: I gotta say. I've always known you as your former name, which I think freedom of speech, I can say it, right? Haley Page, you don't even have to acknowledge it. So even saying Cheval, it's like foreign to me. But let me ask you this, professionally, personally, is it Cheval across the board now?
1: I'm pretty committed to it. And of course, my closest friends and family have a really hard time with it, even yeah. though they like the name. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just by habit and people tie you to your name. You know, it's not something you really think about. Uh, of course, and when I run into people sometimes at like the airport, it's yeah. so funny because they're, they mouth it. They're like, are you? And then they say you know, because they're like it. almost
0: afraid. I can <laughs> say it, Haley Page. <laughs> uh,
1: so naughty. Yeah, but um, I can't give permission for people to use it, um, obviously. And then I cannot use it in any business or commerce or even to publicly identify because there is this new, you know, overview of social media and how most of social media is in promotion of something. So it's like a taboo area.
0: It's the ultimate predicament. It's one of the reasons I had, when I created Trading Secrets, I always had you on my radar because I'm like, there's so much from your story, entrepreneurial wise and learning lessons of what you're going through that anyone can learn from today that could help them tomorrow. Um, Your birth certificate. Yes. I know you can't say certain things. (laughs) But I can say whatever the hell I want. You're not, you told me not to. So I'm breaking your rules. Is Haley Page, what name is on your birth certificate? Oh, that's, that that's first the first name. OG. That one I just yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. Is there ever a potential of changing the birth certificate?
1: Um, You know, I'm open to anything. Okay. I feel like this whole process has really made me focus on putting one step in front of the other, pun intended. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to move forward with my life. Yeah. And however I can do that while still creating and utilizing some of the skill set that I've dedicated my life to, you know, I think that's, where the focus goes for me and all my energy. So, yeah.
0: well, you yeah. have moved forward. We're going to talk about all how you have moved forward and how you guys can help support Cheval. Before we do that, I'm doing all this research on you, Cheval. It's going to take me so There's much, much. <laughs> so much work, though. How much time you have I just, I'm just, i going to keep saying Cheval, 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 because I look at you and I just want to say the other day. But know. Cheval, Cheval, Cheval. The first thing I see is a, a former bridal dress designer. And even as a friend of yours, like that, it, it hurts me to read that. for former bridal dress designer doesn't click. When you hear those words, what are you thinking?
1: I kind of go to a place of, oh, it's a new chapter. Okay. Um, But I will say in everything that I've gone through from the name usage to losing what I always thought were my personal social media accounts, which involved relationships to basically being withheld from practicing my trade set, you know, and this is something I spent my whole life dedicated to and my industry experience and my education. That was where my sense of self struggled the most Mm -hmm. because I didn't realize how much I identified as a wedding dress designer. Like it was, it was so much of my purpose, and I felt like it was my gift. And for how self conscious you can be in life, that was one thing I felt pretty good about. And that, like, I'm really good at this. And that's hard to admit to yourself, especially if you're, you know, you're an artist because, or you're a creator. You you need the validation. You need other people to tell you. That you're good at it a lot, yeah. but I felt it internally. So that was the hardest of the three to overcome. And that's where I actually experienced the most grief because it was sad, you yeah. know.
0: What actually put you in this contractual predicament was when you were offered the job as a major head of design, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the contract, being offered head of design, like, what does that mean in this industry? And how big of a job is that it's
1: a big job. And it's, I would say if you want to be a designer, you know, getting to be the head of a collection and, um, harness everything with the creative vision, it's, it's the big dream, you know? So when I was offered that, I just felt like I've got to grab this opportunity, you know, and it was something I had want my whole life. Um, so I didn't want to compromise anything. I just, and I wanted to get started so fast, you know? So it, um, it's interesting when you look at all these different industries and, like, what's the top, you know? Um pinnacle. Yeah, the pinnacle. It, a head designer for me is that maybe creative director could also be, but, okay. but I was offered a head designer position, and it was an employment contract. It was not, you know, right on the contract, it's employment. You know, so okay. it's not like it was a partnership or there was any kind of, you know
0: anything beyond that. But how many people that are head of design also have the signature line under their name? Is that pretty normal or is that an outlier?
1: No, I think it's, um, it's definitely a goal for all designers and in this, not all designers, I shouldn't say that, but it's for a lot of people, the idea that you, it's your name and it's your vision, um, especially I think in the bridal industry, because it's not like, you get these big heritage brands typically Mm -hmm. in bridal. It's not like Chanel, you know, Mm -hmm. or Balmain, like all these brands where, you know, they bring in new designers and freshen up with creative directors and all that stuff because it's been around and, you know, the original designer is no longer there, (laughs) you know, for, for other reasons than why I'm not there, but you know, it's, it's just a different animal. Um, and I think with, with bridal, there's such an emotional attachment and it's a different purchasing process okay. so I think when the name is behind it it makes it a lot more special it makes it more um from a place of uh just like love and sentiment okay um yeah so it's it depends but I would okay. say actually coming from Priscilla of Boston I mean I knew some of the salaries went up to, you know, almost seven figures. Okay. You know, so that, that can happen. Because that's it what I'm, tr-
0: I'm trying to back into, right? So if you're yeah. 150 to 250 at head of design, but then they're using potentially your name to create a signature line, is it possibly comparable to, let's say, I'm going to say Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan works for Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls pay him a really good salary. But every day Michael Jordan was playing, he was building that personal brand. And that personal brand became much, 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 much more valuable than the contract that he had as an employee for right. the Chicago Bulls. Right. Is that similar that when you're building equity within this line in your name, the value of that individual in the industry becomes much greater than the potential 150 to 250K salary of the job?
1: I think that is an amazing um paradox to look at because when you think about like, you know, Michael Jordan, what I think is interesting is that. He is such an outlier because he spoke to a generation mm-hmm. outside of basketball. I mean, obviously, basketball really sure, helped with sure. it, yeah. but he really did command himself as like a champion outside of the court. Of course. And so that allowed for this goodwill and these relationships and these other opportunities. And that's where I feel like the benefit is. So while I felt very restricted once this lawsuit hit and I realized I can't literally do anything outside mm-hmm. of, you know, with my name and all this stuff. Sure. I was like, well, bare bones, I still have a sense of goodwill with the people that I've met along the way. Um the real interactions in person, even the stuff on social media that, you know, those people that used to follow me can now follow me somewhere else.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so the reputation w- was so important. Interesting. And um and I'm grateful for that because Ultimately, bare bones, that's what I have. I have my reputation still. I have these good relationships with people. And that's something no one is entitled to.
0: What was the year that you signed that contract? 2011. 2011. Okay. And then when did you, what was the, because most people know you from Say Yes to the Dress. Yes. A lot of people do, at least. (laughs) Um, What was the year you started with Say Yes to the Dress?
1: I try to remember this exact date. I, I would say it was like early 2014, Potentially. And then I was married once yep. before, dress rehearsal, um, <laughs> <laughs> in 2015. Dress and rehearsal. that wedding is, uh, yeah, it's still, you know, rerun on Say Yes. Um, beautiful wedding, but yep. you know, it didn't work out. Sure. <laughs> you know,
2: It all happens.
1: <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Say Yes was, um, totally separate actually from my former employer. Okay. Um, so I, I love making that distinction because, um, you know, for me, that experience was so wonderful and is not tarnished for me, you know? Um, and, and I, I try to make sure people know that, um, cause it was tied to Kleinfeld as well. And I just, I love, I'll always love Kleinfeld.
0: Today, could you still do say yes to the dress?
1: You know, I don't know that question or the answer to that question. Um, I don't, okay. I, I don't know.
0: Interesting. Okay. So probably see, not. Probably not. I
1: mean, maybe if it was, I was not using my name, but then it would be really weird. <laughs> um, and then it wasn't anything to do with. You know, the dress. wedding dresses. <laughs> so. so you
0: couldn't use your name and you couldn't deal with the dresses. I don't think so. And you, certainly, you couldn't design them.
1: Yeah. Oh, and, definitely not. And no. you still can't design. No. Yeah, no. I'm under a five-year provision in which I can't identify to the trade as a designer in the categories that my ma- my former employer manufactures and sells.
0: Okay. That's the provision. 2011, yes. you sign the contract. You don't really... Totally understand what you're entering into. 2014, you're on say yes to the dress. What was the year this all came to a head when you learned the reality of what you executed on? So, in
1: 2019, the contract was actually coming to an end. And then I actually went into a very large period of negotiating on the contract. So, there was a big period of time in which, you know, I really felt like there were things, circumstances that did not exist at the time of signing the contract that needed to be properly. You know, clarified and written in, and all this stuff. I mean, there's no mention of social media in my contract. Not mm. one mention of it. And at the time, Instagram was a photo editing app. You Course. know, Valencia borders That's all this it. stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm and I was single in the city, so I was like late night fun cocktails. Yeah. I mean, there's so much content I took off of Instagram that I now wish I would have kept up. But um, you know, it was it was just interesting, and I, I remember feeling very. Um, Frightened. And, you know, obviously that's a very uncomfortable thing in a work environment, but I did not have a lot of negotiating skills. Um, You know, I went to a great school. I always felt like I had had a good skill set and good educational brain, but I'm a people pleaser. And, you know, it's really tough for me to
0: ask for what I want. Mm, And I have the same issues. You do? I learned that in therapy. Ugh, I, need ter- to I don't take up often. a lot of space. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I remember we were, we were doing this, uh, not to get too off on a tangent, but storyboarding. You're supposed to put like a square of a memory you had as a child and you do 20 boxes. You, you fill it out throughout a month. And then you bring it to a therapist and you go through what these messages mean and they derive like what you've took from it and how it derives to where you are today. Yeah. And so… A lot of people come in with like a board this big. They come up with like a big wall. I came in with a little piece of paper. <laughs> Here's a and post-it my note. <laughs> boxes were this big. And she starts laughing before I even go. She's like, I mean, I already knew that taking up space was an issue. Here and asking for help and asking for it's things. taking up space. This defines Aww. it, like not taking up space. So we, we share that together.
1: Yeah, it, it can be really tough. And then, so we started this negotiation process. I finally, you know, kind of brought in a, a legal team. Mm-hmm. and it felt very contentious and very very um like the delta was so enormous which i really had a hard time understanding because um you know i felt like this was a long time coming and i i felt like i was working up to this moment to be kind of seen and respected as a businesswoman and i don't feel like I was seen that way.
0: <laughs> Quick question there. So, 2011, you get the head of design. You're now renegotiating in 2019. Yeah, it was
1: a long term contract. Yeah. But
0: but are you renegotiating because you just find that it's not with the times, or was it only an eight year contract?
1: No. So it was. was yeah. It was a. I think it was either a seven or an eight year contract, and then there was a three year option, an extension. Okay. Um. So we were negotiating within that window. Um. The the extension period, and Obviously, I can't speak too much on the actual negotiation side of things sure. during that time, but I was obviously still working at the company, and then COVID hit, um, and I I felt like the goalpost kind of kept moving. So it was like, uh, it it was it was terrifying to be honest. Um, for me, the experience was not good, and then I it kind of came to a head when I was served a lawsuit while I was still working at the company, and it was in a federal court, which meant this had been planned. For a long period of time, because you can't just be like, okay, I'm going to sue someone, and the next day you have a lawsuit. Like it was built up.
0: What did the lawsuit read?
1: Um, was like
0: hundred. It was like a hundred like like sy- pages. The, the synopsis of it was um,
1: yeah, it was basically uh, they sued me for the rights to my name, among other things. My social media was included. There was infringement. There's, it, it's, it was really comprehensive. And you have no
0: idea this is coming. N- not no really indication. Like, hey, this just so you know, we could do this. this I mean, could happen
1: if I'm being as um. I don't want to be disingenuous. I will say that like I was having moments of physical manifestation. Like I was shaking on the daily. Like I felt very unsafe in my very unsettled. You felt it coming. And I kind of felt like, Oh my gosh, like, is this going to happen? Like, could this happen? You know? And so when it did, it still felt like a, you know, a punch to the gut mm-hmm. in the sense of, I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know? So like, it felt very much like a, a tactic, like a, um, a strategy of some sort. A scare move, Yeah. Right? Something like that. Them, so and otherwise. you know, I can't speak for them, but when, when that happened, um, it was actually kind of freeing because in that moment, and then in the days that followed, cause we got granted like an emergency TRO hearing and this was in COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm like, of all cases, my case is getting granted like this emergency status. And like, we had really no time to prepare for it. And like, so it was, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? And then in the TRO hearing, literally everything was kind of just granted to the, my former employer. And in that 24 hour period, I had to turn over my passwords. I couldn't use my name. Like all these things happened right away. And I was in Tahoe with my, with Conrad and I, as crazy as it was, I felt free because I knew in that moment that for me, morally, I would never be able to do business like that. I would never be able to operate that way. Um, And so I knew that the only decision I could make was resigning. Like I I physically knew I could not work there. So I resigned like two days later.
0: So they take your, they take your name, they take your social media, they take pretty much your life's work right from your hands. And there's still no part of you that's thinking, maybe I should find a happy medium or negotiate with them.
1: Right. So you like, this is a very common sense approach, right? Right. And because there was this lengthy period of negotiating before that, and it felt increasingly uncomfortable and contentious, this, it almost felt like, okay, this is a long time coming. And that had already been tried in, in my opinion, you know, like, there had been attempts. Okay. So um, I think for me, my constitution like, I, I do consider myself a very moral, honest person, to a fault sometimes, because I think in a lawsuit, there is a strategy, there is arguments. There are things that are interpreted way beyond what you can possibly imagine. Of and when there are arguments made that do not reflect my actual experience, I have a very hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Um and so for me it was like I, f- I felt like it was dead to me you know so like yeah. there's no coming back from this and like yeah. I've been through a divorce you know like I know how to cut cut you know yeah. in my life <laughs> I can and run. cut <laughs> I cut it around. so I so I knew that I was like okay I'm you know this is it this is the decision I'm making and I had conviction with it so and
0: so did you sign it in 2011 2019 or when all these negotiations go through you serve the papers in 2020 2020 yes. Looking back on it, if you had not negotiated the contract renews and you get, I don't know, your basic bumps in salary and all the things that you'd imagine, do you think they would have pursued this or do you think this would have come to fruition? Do you think you would have recognized what you'd signed off on or would you still be working there?
1: I don't know. um, Because it, in my experience, it got so bad so quickly that it made me feel like the actual, tenure there was extremely delicate. Got and, it. and I didn't really feel that way for a lot of my time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but when this happened, I was like, Whoa, that unraveled like a bad sweater, you know, so it must've yeah. been a bad sweater. You know, that. that's, that's, that's kind of how point. I think
0: of it. That's a good point.
1: Um, but I also feel like, you know, when you, when a brand starts to grow and you go to back to the Michael Jordan reference, you know, um, when it feels like somebody is trying to exert Uh, A level of control and entitlement over that, I think as a human being, we all take a beat and a moment to just say like, you know, are these the partnerships I want or is this the kind of business that I want to conduct, you know? And so you get time to think about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think regardless, there would have been some other opportunities Mm -hmm. that were coming that were outside of what I considered you know, a head designer position sure. outside of my contract. So yeah. it would have had to be discussed at some point, I yeah. think.
0: Yeah, interesting. Everything I hear about this makes me want to like point the finger and scream and yell at this company and be like, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? So I try to like explore curiosities of like where their head could be and what it was. And I, I, there's nothing I can justify. I'm curious though, like, was the renegotiation just so astronomical that it was like hard to comprehend? Like, I'm under trying to understand why they would. Strip someone's name? Why they would strip your identity? Why they'd pursue it so hard? And then I go back to again, another sports reference. You hear some of these quarterbacks like they hold out because they want a billion dollar contract. Right. And you're like, what are you doing? But like, like you know, <laughs> come on, don't like, be realistic. Not my out? Like, I don't know if you could speak to this or not, but were you holding out for like requests that were just completely arbitrary or were they like standard renewal requests that you wanted?
1: I think because there was a contract that clearly, um, Felt one sided. Everything kind of comes back to that, you know. And when and people talk about it, they're like, "How can they take take the name? How can you know all this stuff?" And it's like, well, the way that the contract is written and how it can be argued, how it can be interpreted, you know, they, it's not within the four corners. It should be, but it's really not. And so there is a legal right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where the real discussion is 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 it does that make it right though? You know, and, like, in terms of like the ethics of it and all that stuff, that's sure. where the conversation is. But unfortunately, in a court of law, a lot of what is happening, you know, they're in in the legal right to do that um, and I'll never understand the human motivation behind it. I will not, yeah, and i've I've stopped you know, dwelling on that because I tried to understand it um but i you know, I'm not a very religious person, but I do have faith and I just was like this is this is God at work for me, and this there's a reason for this that's mm-hmm. happening, and it is my duty to step forward and take accountability at this point because I don't want to become a professional victim, yeah. you know and right. and I also don't want this to feel like the adversity Olympics because yeah. when you go through something <laughs> like this, it's like you 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 really like have to go through these exercises and explain it um, to yourself at least. But then when you're having, you know, interviews and all that stuff and people are like, how does this happen? You know, and I don't know if you've seen the meme with the cow and it says, I am cringe, but I am free.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's that's my life. Literally, that defines your entire life. All right. And that's a good segue, too. We also will talk about it, but you create a non-for-profit to help people going through similar battles. Let's just talk a little bit about the battle more. If you had to just guess, you had to put a dollar amount of the value of what your brand was with your name, which I can say was Haley Page. I know you can't. But if you took the Instagram and just the value of the brand and everything, what would you value that at before? Like if a professional company came inside, I think the name image likeness of this is around X amount of dollars. What do you think it was?
1: I don't know if I can legally answer this question, okay. but I'm going to just okay. because it's so okay. exciting to me. Yeah, like What I will say is I actually think the value is $0 if I...
0: I'm not the person behind it. That's my opinion. You took my next question. You just stripped my next question. (laughs) I think it is zero (laughs) dollars. I was thinking, here's where I was going with the question. You just read my book before I even could write it. Um, My question was going to be like, what do you think it was before the contract? What do you think it is today? And then I'm just trying to justify, like, why would they do it? So if you valued it at, let's say it was like valued around $3 million. And then today you can't even associate your name to it. It has has to decrease, especially the way you've gotten your message out there in some capacity. I'm like, why would they spend the money on the attorneys, the effort, all that? If the value of the brand is decreasing by the second without you attached to it?
1: Maybe there is a different perspective, you know, that they're coming from. And obviously, like... uh, when when you run a company and now that i do run a co- you know run a company you you think about things probably a little more um sales oriented mm-hmm. like well we can still sell this product sure. or whatever sure. um and then there's value in that without p- potentially the person behind it or whatever okay. i mean this is just me totally from my opinion and thinking about it um but i honestly kick myself because while I was there, I felt like I was never really privy to financial details mm-hmm. of that nature. And now I am like such a numbers person mm-hmm. and I'm grateful because I I before was just like, oh, money, you know, yeah, like, yeah, oh, that's sure. so stupid. That's <laughs> but like now I'm like, oh my gosh, money, you know, yeah, like how yeah, do I, yeah. how do I survive? Um, and so now I look at it from a different perspective, but I still think with branding and valuations and all that kind of stuff, uh, because there's dilution in every single industry and market now, the secret sauce is the human, it's the human mm-hmm. connection. It's the human behind the brand and it's becoming more of that every mm-hmm. single day. And I think the valuation is only as good as the energy and authenticity and effort of that human.
0: That's so true. Like
1: I believe that heart hardcore and I believe it for like influencing. Mm-hmm. I believe it for, you know, of course, athletes, you yeah. know, their heart and soul is in the game. Of course. Um, and I love that because it it becomes this synonymous uh, synonymous energy mm-hmm. um, in which no one else is entitled to your labor, your work, your creativity. And I think that's wonderful for everyone to have their own accountability and ownership of self.
0: Yeah. Well, it's so true because even if you look at some of the biggest companies in the world that operate um, just automatically based on products that don't align with their leaders, right? You look at Amazon. Uh, you look at uh, Tesla, you look at Apple, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, all these big leaders, they have to have massive key man insurance policies. We'll explain that in the recap, but essentially if they were to pass or something was to happen to them, the value the company would get would be exorbitant because that one person, even though it's not their brand, even though it's not you know there's tens of thousands of people working for them, they have that much influence. And it goes back to like exactly what you said about your energy. A question I have for you is, in most lawsuits, well, especially like personal injury firms and stuff like this. We'll talk more about this in the recap. They never go to court. They never go to court because they have to be settled. They have to be settled because mm-hmm. the cost of going to court is way too exorbitant. You decided to fight this. Uh, that had to be pretty expensive. Did you have to hire your own attorneys? Did the company pay for your attorneys? Oh, like, gosh, what no. Did you, what did I you... Wish. What was your legal bill? Look like?
1: Um. Yeah, I... <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this, but (laughs) I love. That was
0: just like an instant sign of defeat. I know, I'm like, my name and my energy. Ah. (laughs) Completely devoid.
1: I literally love my legal team. Um, I was very lucky to get them when I did. And I did not feel like I had a choice, but to uh, defend myself. Uh, Again, because the experience and the arguments and the things were just not aligning for Mm -hmm. me. So when you feel misrepresented, especially in a federal court, there is a certain level of like swallowing that like you just, it's so hard to to be the person I am and to be like portrayed this way. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Financially, um, I, it's devastating. It is absolutely devastating. I've spent all the money I ever made. In my life, you know, to defend myself, but I am up against a corporation, you know, it's an individual against a corporation and it feels like so much effort and money has gone into basically controlling me kind of, you know, that's how I feel. And like, and suppressing talent too, because, and again, this is my opinion, but it's, it's like when you have an industry where there really isn't trade secrets, mm-hmm. I mean, in in my opinion, it's, it's. It's designed. It's artistic.
0: It's your brain. Like you're-
1: <clears throat> there isn't like this thing that really feels like it needs to be protected. And instead, I think it needs to be set free, you yeah. know, because every industry needs the best players on the field. Yeah. And, um, you know, not to say I'm the best wedding dresses I, I was or anything like that, but I feel like it was my gift and I could do a pretty good job at it. Yeah. And the fact that I'm not allowed to do it, I feel like it is the casualty is the industry and the women that Wanted an authentic dress, you know,
0: the tens of thousands of people plus that you've helped, and maybe the tens of thousands that would have been helped by you,
1: yeah. Right? And it's confusing financially. I mean, as a financial person, yeah, that you are. I mean, you look at it, and it's like, why is all this money being spent to do this? But then there's a contract, you know, that is set up to protect, but it feels like it's now being weaponized, you know, in a way. And so, again, it comes back to like, I just have a really hard time understanding it. Yeah. But I'm still in it. I am very much unable to afford my life right now in any way, shape, or form and thank the lucky stars for Conrad because I wouldn't be where I am without him. And he just like uh, has been my North Star. He's been the one thing that's constant in my life, um, but he has been financially stable. And so for me to have the ability to move forward because of him, mm-hmm. you know, it does make it extra special. I'm yeah. so like, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that. You know, I, are. I don't know what you would do. I, you just go bankrupt, you know? And yeah. then I, I don't know what happens in a legal case. I, yeah. all these things, you is know, that
0: something, is that something you've, first of all, Conrad, shout out to you, Conrad. That's he is the best. man, such <laughs> a good guy. You're in his presence. Your energy is lifted. Just electric guy, electric. Um. So shout out to Conrad. Oh. Um. But did you ever think about like, is that something that crossed your mind? Do you just bankrupt your former name and just refresh everything?
1: Well, in a way, the the moving forward and changing my name felt like, you know, I am opening the, the page of a new book. Mm-hmm. You know, and totally. Um but, you know, for me, if bankruptcy, if if that is something, it it's out of necessity. <laughs> like I yeah. don't have a choice.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and I don't really fully know what that looks like. Yeah. Uh, but I am just hoping that I can defend myself as long as I can
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because I think it's the right thing to do. And while I'm definitely climbing an uphill battle and in the legal world, like, you know, I'm appealing the yeah. non-compete and all like all this stuff. Um, you're only in it as long as your resources last. You know, that's oh, the yeah. truth. Um, so it's. it's
0: a- can you give me a true or false? I'm, project- I'm gonna sure, I'm going to yeah. guess. True or false, this has cost you over 150 grand. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, significantly more.
1: I don't know if I can even say it. I'm going to say it for now. We can edit it later, but oh. like 10X that. 10X that.
0: So I can, if I you feel like I we went in
1: Paltrow or like <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I'm like in a, a Johnny Depp. I'm in a trial. Or like, we're not even in trial we yet. We need but more I feel
0: publicity like, on <laughs> trial.
1: This is got. this is insane. Yeah, it's All insane. Right, insane.
0: If we, in case insane. we have to edit this out. True or false, I'm going to take a shot. You've spent over seven figures. Yes. Or close to on this. True. I have no words. That's just, I mean, that's, am I wrong to say this is wiping out majority of your wealth? Uh, yes. <laughs> True.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've had to make um, major decisions in life, you know, in terms of like oh, selling things so off. And, you know, I mean, it is bare bones here. Um And it's been extremely hard to not be able to work in where I know my talent and skill is. And so having to start a new brand, you know, I've had to invest in educating myself on shoemaking, you know? And so even with that, it's been really tricky. And it's also been really hard because when I'm in this situation where it's like, wow, I can't even use my name, like what kind of contracts can I even sign with my name? Right? So like even influencing and doing all this other can stuff. Can not even
0: put your name? Do you have to have an agent put the name on it? Like Exa- all the details you, know, you have to think oh yeah. about.
1: And then, and then the oh. legal bills it takes to say, can you read this? Can I sign this? Ooh. Can I, let me see if this is approved. Let me, let me, you know, it's like you're spending all this extra money too, to try to find a way forward, you know, and I've lost out on television hosting gigs. I've lost, uh, lost out on other like illustration and design offers. I mean, I have lost, so many opportunities because of my situation. And I think a lot of people too, you know, when you talk about a lawsuit, it's very, it seems very negative, you know? And like, do people want to invite that energy in? Of course, You know, so it's- Well, everyone's so PR
0: conscious these days. It's like, do they want their host to then have, they don't know the predictability of what's next. It becomes stuff. It makes me disgusting. It makes me want to just like a throw up. It's grotesque. It's just, the whole thing is disgusting. It's wiped your wealth. Like you said, it's taken you away from what you know. So even if your wealth is wiped, then how do you go earn what you know? But you have pivoted, which is amazing. We're going to talk about the pivot and how you guys can Cheval, but I want to get to quick learning lessons people could take away. Did you have an attorney look over the first contract? And knowing what you know now, what would you have done different before you signed the first contract that got you stuck here?
1: I did not have counsel or a lawyer. Okay. Um, uh, hindsight, yeah. <laughs> so 2020 yeah, of definitely would have. Um, but I also have to say this: given the experience and the trauma, I really don't know if it would have mattered in the sense of the only thing that would have probably changed is if I just didn't sign it. Like, I don't feel like I would have had negotiating power even back then, you know, when it's I really good, it's think really about it. a good
0: point. It's kind of like, I don't want to compare it like the yeah. situation of the bachelor, but it's the same thing. Like I remember when I gave my attorney the bachelor contract, he just like laughed at me. He's like, anything in my life I've been taught to negotiate, take the opposite of it. That's the entire contract. What I said to him is like, well, if I don't sign it, I'm one of a million. Like, I'm not going to yes. go. So you, I would have had to sell, no matter what, you had to
1: it's, that's And that's just, how you felt. That's devastating. And that's the truth, is it's, if I don't, somebody else will, and I'll lose my opportunity. And so, for me, the real um, solution would have been to go with someone else, a different company. Mm-hmm. That would have been what I would have done. Um, there wouldn't have been like, oh, I would have brought in a big old team sure. and got in there and... You know, and I think that too goes back to our nonprofit. And what we do want to do is when you are young and you're hungry for those opportunities and there is a chance that you might be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it's not just ignorance, it is vulnerability. And it's being in a room potentially with somebody that assures you of something, you know, or like whatever it may be to Mm -hmm. kind of get you to sign it or say it's a boilerplate, everyone signs it. There's all these red flags now. But I think to have advocacy and to have a place to go to say like, you know what is what are my chances here? Like you're really not just signing a contract. You're also investing in a relationship and mm-hmm. a business relationship, and that's something you have to kind of think about. Is like, do you have you done your due diligence on the company? You mm-hmm. know, like I know mm-hmm. you want the job, but let's make sure it's that's right for you. Yeah, you know, and there are other there are so many companies out there, mm-hmm. and while you might think like, oh, this is it, you know, it's it could maybe not be. So mm-hmm. that's what we want to do um, with a Girl You Might Know Foundation is, you know, help young artists and creators and people that are people pleasers <laughs> that don't want to, you know, be combative and want to be a team player, but it can end up, you know, I'm I'm so um authority driven. Like mm-hmm. I really respect authority mm-hmm. and that can sometimes hurt me if I don't have an opinion you yeah. know, or stand up for myself. So,
0: hundred oh, percent. I want to try and take this situation and give the listeners that we call them the money mafia back at home one piece of advice because they might not be having a head of design contract, but they might have a contract with a friend to buy into a company. They might have a prenup. They might have an employment contract that's different than yours. What is like one overall piece of advice you'd give someone, whether it's a personal or professional contract, knowing what you know now?
1: I feel like a lawyer. <laughs> you know, like you got to go with a lawyer. That that would be the one piece of advice if if it's just narrowed down to one. Um not be quick to compromise too much of yourself in a contract. And I think too if somebody is pressuring you with time mm-hmm. because that can always be a weapon and that we got to get this done because of XYZ or whatever and and we don't have time for lawyers, you know, you, you know, and we'll figure it out. You know, all that kind of that kind of stuff it is for me now like that's that's a big red flag yeah. and if anyone ever says like you know oh, you don't need a lawyer or whatever it's like that you gotta get a lawyer you gotta take a minute to protect yourself it's worth the investment and for those that don't have the money mm-hmm. you know hopefully a growing mind <laughs> foundation can come in and help <laughs> provide pro bono you know resources or or legal counsel that you know, is more affordable.
0: So people that have a contract, they can't afford an attorney, uh, they want to connect with a girl you might know foundation, which you started, where do they go?
1: Yeah. So they just go to a girl you might know foundation.org. Okay. And they can just email us and we will get the conversation moving. And it's it's all pro bono okay. on our end as well. It's a not for profit. So um yeah, we just launched on International Women's Day. And, you know, we really wanna have um a foundation set up mm-hmm. so that it's resources, it's connecting people to these pro bono or affordable services, because so many law firms actually have to do a certain number of pro bono work oh, no every way. year. Yeah. So Did not know. And That's I had, a trading
0: secret right it there. It is. It's
1: amazing. And then you have all of these lawyers and attorneys that literally have been following the case, you know, and that are like, I want to help, like because wow. I've seen this happen or this happen or whatever. Yeah. And so we had we've had an amazing Rolodex of people already willing to help that are nuanced too, because it's IP, it's, you know, trade secrets, sure. it's contract law, it's employment law, it's, there's so many things. Um, and yeah, I think that is unfortunately it's an unsexy answer, but yeah,
0: it's the reality of the it's situation. It's the reality. Lawyer up and also identify the red flags. And then what I'll tell you is go talk to Cheval. Go look at A Girl You Might Know Foundation because that is huge. These attorneys can cost up to 350 to $1,000. I've seen it. Some attorneys have an hourly rate of 2000 An hour. An hour. Yeah. yeah, yeah I see that I look. Know. It's like, I feel it. I know it. But your <laughs> non-for-profit is going to help people that can't afford that. Um, let's talk about your brand. So you pivot your brand into designing shoes. In the midst of all this, first, tell us a little bit about the brand
1: the brand was really inspired by resilience and running against the wind and just not letting circumstances define you. And while, you know, it can feel, feel very limiting to be in my situation. It allowed me to kind of look over here now and say, okay, actually I can reach more women with shoes. I can still be creative. Um, I'm obviously entering an industry that is <laughs> so competitive and so diluted. And there are so many experts already there. Yeah. Um, and so, the deterrent was really me overcoming my own sense of secu- insecurity and in, like starting something new. Um, so, I did take some time to really educate myself. You know, I tried to reach out to as many people that already were in that industry, like, give me your fast facts of like where I should start, what I should do. I had so many people saying, do not go into shoes if you want to make money. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm doing it anyway. You know, like, yeah. so um, it's been an ex- exciting journey, but most of all, it has allowed me to tap into a skill set that, I dedicated my life to, you know, in some kind of way, but it is so different than dress design.
0: I am (laughs) sure it's night and day, but uh. here's the one piece of inspiration I think that is a blanket piece of inspiration. So many people have the idea, they don't start it. They have millions of excuses why they don't start the business. Capital, timing, industry expertise, all the things. You wipe out your wealth. You're spending seven figures on freaking attorneys. You you can't be in the industry you know best, but you still do it. What's your piece of advice for someone that doesn't have the capital, that doesn't have the expertise? What do you do? How do you start it? What do you do? What's the biggest piece of advice you can give?
1: Invest in self. Um, When you don't have resources, you just have to be resourceful. Right. And it seems easier to say, obviously it's easier to say than it is to do, but take a minute to really look at your contributions and like, where's your skill? Where are your fine tuned, um, talents, Mm -hmm. you know, and how can they transfer? How can they be applied? Um, how much time do you have in the day to spend on it? You know, and really thoughtfully think about time management because there is a lot of time wasted these days. I mean, if you really think about like how long you scroll, you know, or like, Late nights watching TV, like, you sure. could be doing something else during that time, you know, and not to say you have to, like, be working 24-7, but I think when you do have um, a goal, you've got to put the effort and you owe it to yourself to do it, mm-hmm. um, and I would say the one common denominator in every entrepreneur, every small business starter I know is that they are just not lazy, mm-hmm. you know, I mean that if you are just not lazy um, and you work at it every single day, I do think it's the baby steps are not for babies and mm. you'll find you're making the progress,
0: you know, long term. Cheval's just dropping truth bombs out here. <laughs> One big takeaway I just had too was. Companies spend billions of dollars to distract us, don't fall for the trap. Because oh, if you so don't true. fall for the Netflix trap, if you don't fall for those traps that they are built and designed to trap us, you'll have the time to do this. Let's give a quick pitch though. Someone right now is listening. They want to support you. They want to buy shoes uh, with, with your brand. Where do they go? And then give me like minimum price points and why they should buy the shoe.
1: We are available mainly online. So sure. she is com, And then we have a pop-up shop in New York City at the seaport. Which is our little jewel box of a shoe parlor, um, and then we're doing pop ups kind of around the states now, uh, which are slow and steady. But you know, we're trying to find these little nooks that we can uh, you can see the shoes and try them on in person. Okay. So that's obviously a very important part of the process. Yeah, I mean, I've learned so much about visual imagery and like website photography okay. <laughs> and like because it doesn't always translate with a yeah. physical product, sure, especially sure. shoes and sparkle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can you can shop there, and we're specialty. I was not afraid to be really specific. Love that. uh, Because that's always how I've operated as a designer in general. But wait, wait,
0: wait. What is like for someone like me who doesn't know, specialty means what?
1: Specialty is just like it's novelty. No, it's not custom, but it's like not your average shoe. You know,
0: like (laughs)
1: that's rare. I mean, there's like real flowers in one of the heels set in resin. You know, it's like a preserved heel with floral in it. You know, there's like draped rhinestone and pearl and like, You know, it's obviously kind of set up for like big day vibes and things that are are, make you feel special. Mm -hmm. um, Event wise, like if you're going to a party or something or a Taylor Swift concert, you know, all this stuff. Like, we have the shoe for you. I love that. Okay. And then um, I wanted a really wide assortment because I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, you know, let's just put it all out there and see what people gravitate toward, and then we'll find our our way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've got a lot of, I've had a lot of success with the sneakers and the boots as well. So like chunky block heel boots and there's like a cowboy, you know, vinyl boot. Mm -hmm. Um, so now I'm kind of getting the rhythm of, okay, what's the next collection going to look like now that we know a little more about our identity, you know, within the shoe space. Um, and I would just say, you know, in terms of shopping for product, a lot of times it just feels like people are pushing things on you. Mm -hmm. Um, but for us, like we will be- believe in carrying out our mission, not just stating it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it comes with a, a sense of purpose and pride that, um, a lot of women can relate to and want to step into. And that's why it's, she is Chaval. Like mm-hmm. she is fierce. She is ongoing. Mm-hmm. She is a work in progress. You know, all these things that kind of help you identify with your own story, um, Because what I went through, obviously, is very unique. Uh, but I think a lot of people can relate to having a sense of setback, you know, and, and how do you move forward and take those fresh steps. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff um, that's, like, hidden throughout the branding. Like, our signature print actually tells the journey of my creative story. And there's, like, hidden nostalgic nuances in it like a lava lamp and pac-man's ghosts and like crazy stuff but it's like a 12 print so it looks very glamorous if you look close you're like is that a troll doll?" like yes it is
0: i (laughs) love that all right go follow that instagram handle go check out cheval all that glitters on the gram all right i have one last subject we got to touch on because the listeners had asked me uh, say yes to the dress we just got some quick rapid fire questions here say yes to the dress does the dress that the individual select do they have to pay full retail on it? Do they get a discount?
1: You know, I actually was never privy
0: to that. Okay. So I don't know. Okay.
1: I would assume they'd have to pay for the dress, but I don't know.
0: Do you have any idea like, what the casting process was to get the people on the show?
1: I, I'm almost positive that like, you can submit
0: to, just to like an show. application
1: to go on the show. And they okay. review it, and then they decide.
0: Gotcha. I'm okay. pretty sure. Gotcha. Were you compensated better as a head of design or better being on Say Yes to Dress?
1: Oh, I don't know. Oh no, I I think my employment role
0: more than my employment paid more than say yes. Yeah, to the dress. yeah. Okay. And yeah, what yeah. is one thing that we don't know about Say Yes to the Dress, watching it on TV, that you might know behind the scenes? It could be business. It could be how things are seen. Maybe bloopers or mistakes, things that get screwed up. That's what they wanted to know. One thing we wouldn't be able to see through our screen and say yes to the dress.
1: I would say Randy Finoli is as amazing as he seems.
0: Okay, that's a good one.
1: That's like one of the number one questions I get asked. It's
0: also safe and I appreciate a safe answer (laughs) given what you've gone through. You're like, what say yes to the contract that I signed?
1: (laughs) I know. Oh, I've had to look at that too, you know? (laughs) Oh
0: my God, unbelievable. All right, Cheval, we got to end with one trading secret. You've given us a lot, but one trading secret regarding your career path, your journey, your ups, downs, lefts, and rights. People couldn't Google. They couldn't learn from a professor. They could only learn from you. What could you leave us with?
1: Going after... Your biggest dreams should not come at the expense of your morals, your ethics, your creativity, or your name. <laughs> I
2: love
0: that.
1: So don't do what I did.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what I take. I also, one of my, the big training secrets I take is like, time is finite and you really got to fight for what you believe in. Because if you don't fight, the system is set up to really not allow you to fight. mm but at the end of the day, you, we only get so many years. You are only, or you come, we go, there's the next generation and your story will live much longer than your life, right? Oh, and the nice. impact it'll have will live longer. And to me, it's like, it's easy. It's supposed to be easy to just be like, all right, we'll settle, let's figure it out. But fighting and really like standing for what you believe in is like a life legacy. So I think you should yeah. be so proud of
1: it that. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank I you. I love it.
0: All right, well, let's end yeah. with this. Where can people find everything. Your Instagrams, your new business, you already mentioned your not-for-profit. I want the full pitch because you deserve <laughs> the pitch and Aww. we need to go follow Cheval. So give it give it all to us.
1: Okay. So she is Cheval.com uh, and then that's the Instagram handle for shoes. And then I still run all the glitters on the gram ironically was started as conrad at my podcast account oh my god oh that's but right i, I kind of that. usurped it yeah uh, I remember which, which you and caitlin ron yes. i'm gonna have to go re-listen to that episode yes um, i might
0: have to listen to that
1: yeah and then uh yeah we're on i had to start a new pinterest account so i have that and i'm, I'm trying with tiktok i'm not great but i'm trying yeah a girl you might know foundation .org. A girl you might know, Foundation is the handle name. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the whole shebang.
0: That's the whole shebang. Go yeah. follow her, go support her. Thank you so much for being on Trading Secrets.
1: Aw, thanks for having me.
0: Ding, ding, ding. We are closing in the bell with the one and only, the Curious Canadian on the Haley page, Haley page, Haley page, Haley page, Haley page, Haley page, yeah, Haley page episode. I could finally say it. Go follow her, go support her name change. Cheval is it. But it, David, it was so heart All I know her as is Haley. That's how I met her. That's how I've known her. That's how I've just everything. And the whole time I had, I'm like, I had to like do meditations to try and not say her name. And now, for the recap, I can. She's great. She's amazing. She's an inspiration. Curious Canadian.
3: What do you got? Nuts. That, That that in a lot of ways is one of the most nuts episodes we've ever had because it seems so preposterous that it's real life. It was almost Jason as if I was watching a true crime documentary.
0: It, it literally is true crime without being criminal. It'd be like, imagine today, I make you sign an employment contract with Trading Secrets. I take your name. I take everything. Um, dude, imagine it's like, I even take like your son's name. You just had Carter, right? And then you have no idea. And then 10 years later, Carter becomes you know an NHL prospect. I'm like, sorry, buddy, you signed away. Like, it's how this is legal to me is just banana. It, it makes
3: no sense. If, if like you said, flip the tables if if the TV show that you were on took your name and I couldn't call you Jason anymore it would just wouldn't make sense it still doesn't even make a lot of sense to me and to hear I mean her resilience is incredible her moral high ground is phenomenal um, but you can't help but feel she soaked every penny that she's made into um, into fighting this and it's just so sad and to see her you know pivot and start a new brand which i think she's going to be super successful in, because that's just seems like what she is um it was just all around nuts man i I couldn't i knew kind of what i was getting myself into to the episode but jay I, i don't think i could have prepared myself for the really the details and the severity of it all the resilience is amazing but to your point like your entire
0: life's work gone gone. Your name is gone. Your money's gone. You're now in debt, gone. And that's why I wanted to have her on so badly because the power, and this was something my grandfather always told me, said, there's nothing in the world more valuable than your signature. And it just reminds me of this episode. He's right. Like if you're not looking at what you're signing and why you're signing it, who knows what's in there? And to think, man, just to think, all those years, like seven or eight years, she didn't have ownership to her name, to her life, to her work, and she didn't even know.
3: It's <laughs> it's what's fucking. It's nuts, so man. sad. And when you asked her if she soaked seven figures into this, she said yes so fast that you know it's not like one point one. It's like deep. Defo- no, de- it's deep. It's deep. So, quick question for you: monetarily, how much do you think? she's like losing from this rebrand let's say what happened let's say her i know we hate to say net worth on this podcast because it's never we're never right but what if if things if this never happened if she never got served in 2020 this lawsuit and it was 2023 and she's able to grow her let's say her instagram is uh it's Haley page is at one point you know x amount followers compared to where she's at now with chevelle and the shoe company and the pivot and the rebrand how much do you think that's costing her on an annual basis let alone take the seven oh, figures out I mean, of it. I think take the, let's just go business That's... A to business B. I mean, I think this is like kind of the question I was mm-hmm.
0: trying to ask her when I said, "What do you think the value of this brand is?" She's like zero without me behind it. But I think like before sh- this had all blown up, this is a this is a f- man. If you look at like a company trying to buy Haley Page, I'm thinking five mm-hmm. to ten million dollars. This is an estimate, but five to ten million valuation at least. Uh, and I think without her name on the brand, she's right zero. And then I think when you look at now where she is versus that where she is then. She's still my person. If I had to like value it, like she's grinding, she's hustling. She'll get back to where she is, but maybe she's at ten to twenty percent of where she was with Haley Page. That's my estimation based on what I've seen.
3: It's so I have in caps. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I have in caps in my notes. I mean, over a million followers. We already know that's that's going to be at least a million dollars in the influencer space. She isn't just an influencer with no talent. She has such a talent. She's one of the best wedding dress designers in the industry. The fact she can't even say her name, she can't even let alone use her name. She can't even come on here and say her name. That stuff just absolutely boggles my mind. Um, I hope one day it can turn around. Jay, do you think there's any hope that one day she can say her name in terms of you know anything other than introducing it to a random person on the street?
0: I mean, if if her lawyers can come through, yes. Um, there are expirations to her non compete from a right. time period, so that you know that within time she mentioned will expire. I don't know the ownership structure of this company, but like, like, let's suppose it's a single owned company by one individual. If the company dissolves, or the company goes bankrupt, or this individual were to pass, like, I guess the legality behind these contract terms would be gone. So the only thing I think she could hope for is legal success or business failure.
3: Do you think, and I've heard this before, is the United States the only country in the world that's like so pro, like suing each other, contracts up the wazoo? Like, is it is this something that is really like, Better read the fine print. Get it, better get someone to look over every contract. Better not say this. Better not do that. So you're, so you're gonna get sued, sued, sued. Is this is this like a? I see it as. Do you see it as a problem, or do you see it as like a, a United States issue, or something that I've just heard that that they were just so trigger happy to sue people or hold these things over their head? I mean, this conversation goes so yeah. deep, and
0: I think it goes so deep because we are built on, like, the United States is built on capitalism, and with that comes so many discussion points, right? Lawsuits is a discussion point, work-life balance is a discussion point, monopolies is a discussion point, different socioeconomic status in which you kind of are set up to not be able to get out of the socioeconomic status you you are built unless you are, you're born into unless you're a wild outlier. Like, this can go so, so, so deep, but you know, with this, just the system of, of, of economics and capitalism we have in place, there's a market behind suing people, and therefore, it's a big place people live. And this is actually a good transition, David, to the personal mm-hmm. injury stuff I was talking about in the show. Like, personal injury stuff, it's it's pretty simple. It's like the, like the basics of it. And of course, it gets more in the weeds. But, you know, the basics of it is, how badly were you hurt, and who was responsible for that? that has the biggest pocketbook and the best insurance. And if they don't have big pocketbooks and they don't have insurance to go after, the attorneys won't waste their time, right? If you got, A guy on the side of the road who's worth, I don't know, $30,000 and he has no personal injury, no personal insurance, no car insurance, nothing. And something, this guy does something to hurt someone. An attorney won't take on the case because there's nowhere for them to make money unless maybe that person is on a big business property in a parking lot that does something. So then they can go after the business. And they're not even going to go after the business, David. The first line of defense they're going to go at, they're going to ask the business, who's your personal insurance through? and what is, you know, or any insurance you have, and what are the type of coverages you have, and that's who they're going to go after. So when the money's there in this country, the behavior follows, and
3: that creates many discussions. Well, I think one of the big, uh, we always talk about trading secrets, one of the best trading secrets I think all of our listeners can take away is, first off, we haven't done a definition in a while. Pro pro bono. I think I know what it means, but I I don't know if I know what it means. I definitely don't know how to spell it. So <laughs> take a uh, pro bono. It's kind of what it sounds like. P R O space B O N O. I, threw I believe. In there. What do you What do you, you think it you means? In there. Uh, I think it means like uh, free trade, like free work, like free legal advice. Like I am offering pro bono legal advice, which is free legal advice.
0: I'll tell you what. If we go in the recaps in the last like 40 recaps, there's not a definition you didn't (laughs) think you knew that you didn't know. David, you know what it is. I might even just said that wrong. But you're exactly right. It's free work. And where it's derived from is legal. It's like free legal work for, um, low income clients. So they're getting the work without charge. And then it's just a, it's been kind of used in all terms now in all vernaculars. Like someone could joke around and be like, I'm buying dinner for you You to be like, all right, it's pro bono. Or we're all going out be like, there's no (laughs) pro
3: bono here. You know, like let's, let's all, let's all chop this bill up. Yeah. Stuff stuff you have to deal with the Rochester guys all the time. when you come visit. Well, you you, to hear you say that you didn't know that law firms have to uh, do a certain amount of pro bono hours too, like, Really, really interesting stuff um that I learned from that. One thing you did mention that I want to ask about again is key man insurance. You said some pretty big hitters in there. Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, as it relates to their companies. Touch on key man insurance really quick. Yeah, I think it's so cool the pro bono thing with the attorneys too. I just want mm-hmm. to touch on that. Like
0: I had no idea law firms are required to do certain work. So knock on your law firm's doors. Go look at Chevelle's non-for-profit. It's incredible. Key Man insurance, it's a it's a we already talked about insurance policies but it's a business life insurance policy it's taken out by the company to protect against financial loss for like one individual a top owner a top partner a top executive it is saying that this business is so dependent on this one person, that this business has to take out a big life insurance policy for this one person. Because God forbid this one person dies, the company could be in shambles. So companies will take out like a million, $2 million, $3 million, $10 million policy on this one executive. If that executive dies, the insurance policy then has to pay the company $10 million, right? And the reason is, is because the value of that person is so significant, to the company the company will need that money to continue to survive it's kind of a wild policy you know and like she's the definition of a key man policy mm-hmm. if Haley page is not there the company does not operate without her and like she said
3: the value goes to zero so that's a person who would need key man policy and that exactly her her, her value would go to zero so that makes perfect sense um, I, I just gotta say from where she's coming from for where she's been um, to it just makes it sad when she's when she said that the original contract that she signed was feel like she was we- it was weaponized instead of protecting her you know, to the fact that she says no one looked over the contract, but she don't doesn't think at the end of the day it would have mattered. Um, and the last thing that I'll say, a quote from her, I didn't want to become a professional victim that's, you know, helped her moved on and she didn't want to be in, involved in the adversity Olympics. So I got all, I got all the respect in the world for her. I, I just can't believe what I listened to is factually like able to happen in our country in our society with someone as successful as her. So everybody, if you're listening, go support, uh, go support Cheval, go support her um and all that she's been through so uh, like i said at the start man an absolutely nuts episode absolutely nuts. This is what
0: it is all about. So make sure that you know, you're know you giving us reviews. Make sure you're letting us know the things you want to hear, because if there's one lesson you can learn from this podcast that could possibly change your outcome, that is what we're trying to do. Remember to give us five stars. We have some things to give away. Here's what I do. Here's the behind the scenes. We get a lot of influencers things sent to us, right? Like samples and this and that. I have an influencer closet, so I got all kinds of shit to give away, right? I got. I have like beauty face lotions. I have You know, I mean, you name it, under any category of something, like protein shakes to literally eye cream. We got it in the influencer closet and I'm going to give some of our stuff away. If you give us five stars and tell us anything you want, feedback, things we need to cover, places we need to go. Right now, if you are out there and you hear this, Line Comer, L-I-N-E-K-O-M-E-M-U-R, you left us a great review. Money Talks makes me shut down and go in head When Money Talks It makes me shut down and put my head in the sand mode. I've been forcing myself to be less afraid and less reactive. Your podcast has helped tremendously, especially with your discussion on debt. Drink water before the show. Your last episode, you could hear how dry y'all's mouth were. That's like dry mouth smacking. It was so bad, I could not take it. At least 214. She still gave us five stars, though. Please do more educational podcasts. It was very interesting. We are going to add a Thursday, second episode, probably in July, all on education based podcasts. And then we're going to have actually Money Mafia, you guys come on and tell us your money stories. So give us five stars. We are going to send some influencer stuff to those people just shoot me an email trading secrets at jason Tardik, with your address if i called out your review there and if you haven't given us a review give us one and maybe you'll win next week make sure to follow us on our podcast page trading secrets podcast our youtube page trading secrets youtube and get ready for next week we have barbara corcoran coming on she is wild she is energetic her humor is next level she is sharing all dollars and cents this is an interview like no other and it'll be one that you can't afford to miss